Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow. Oh, I can't believe USC has escaped the Groundhog Day existence and has ended the Helton era. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio. Coming to you on. October 29th, Friday, episode 422. Switching it up because I'm your host, Alicia Daratola, and I'm here with my co host, Michael Castillo. Do we have a phone number or a Twitter account or any of that? Well, I'm hosting, so let me do it in my own time, sir. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah, my host, Michael Castillo. Say hello to the people. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, and this is Ranatory Radio. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and Omni Studio and Apple Podcasts and uh-huh. everywhere yeah. that you find a podcast. I've heard, uh, yes. Yeah. We are on Spotify and all of those other places. And our phone number is 213-373-1USC. Second What's Burn Show. You, you can't even let me do the whole intro to the, ho- to the, to the, to the phone number? Wait, hold yeah, on. you've never had to do the lead in where you where you join in for the one USC as the oh, only part it's you only join that in part. for. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So in case you hadn't noticed, um, we're tr- switching it up over here. I am hosting uh, this week because we've tried to podcast already this week and we couldn't get through it because a certain someone has a lingering cough. So here, here's the thing that's frustrating. <laughs> we've talked about this. Uh, in in Slack, and I was trying to explain to people like, we go to record, and then inevitably something happens, or we can't do it because we're sick, or whatever it is. 
Where I'm working. And I feel like a hypochondriac. I feel like a crazy person that no one's going to believe us, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday, we go to record, and I had not been coughing all day. Until we go to start recording, and then all of a sudden, I just keep coughing. And coughing, and coughing, and coughing. So our theory is that if I'm the host... I have to project my voice, especially early on in the episode. And then you just you just lose it. And then I just, yeah, I lose it from there. Yeah. So we're trying it a new way and, uh, and we're searching things up and, and we'll see how it all it all goes. Yeah. I got uh, some water here. Out of a, a, a Goodyear Cotton Bowl cup that yes. we got from the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. You have misophonia. I hope you're not listening to uh, me drink the water too much. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... We're better to have the slight sip of you sipping water than the hacking cough that uh, that will get uh, you know edited out. Hopefully, if it if it pops up. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, here we are, uh, a day before USC and Arizona. I don't, don't want to be too hosty here. Steal my hosting duties. Oh, yeah, so here's how it's going to work, guys. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. The episode is already pretty late in the week, and we had already sort of decided that we're not going to spend a significant amount of time previewing games in a season that it ultimately does not matter um i mean it, it matters to the players i guess because they still want to bowl eligibility but let's be honest like this season is is pretty much done and dusted in terms of competitiveness so for a game like the arizona game like normally we would have multiple pages in a google doc of of research and and uh and and stats and the whole shebang that we'd be doing and we would be doing that because we want to inform you about the game and what to expect and all that. But you guys don't care about the game. We don't care about the game. If USC loses, then add that to the pile of disappointment that is this season. If USC wins, then it's Arizona. They haven't beat literally anyone for what is their str- losing streak at? 16 games? Or is it is it longer than that by this point? It's long. It's lengthy. It's, yeah. uh, suffice it to say, it is long. So we're just going to wing it here and spend a little bit more time talking about the coaching um, rumor mill that's happening. We're going to do over-unders, and that'll just be our preview for the game. That I mean, over-unders, the entire point is to highlight certain statistical things that we think are um, could be important for the game, and then we turn it into the game. So we're going to do over-unders and answer a little bit of a mailbag. But, but really, we're here just to talk you talk a little bit more informally about uh, what's going on around USC and and what's going on around USC realistically at this moment is just all the coaching rumors every coaching rumor um the funniest of those is Jeff Fisher being interested in the in the job yep Jeff Fisher among among others uh this is one of those things where Let's just first, before we get into the big picture stuff or our advice for how to handle all of these things, let's just do a quick rundown of the rumors that have actually come out. So we had Brett McMurphy reporting that Jeff Fisher is in the running, which cough, uh, cough, he's not. Um, Mike Tomlin got mentioned by Carson Palmer, and he vehemently denied uh, that that was a thing. Um, Jack Del Rio has been mentioned. He has also denied it. Um, the the normal sort of group of James Franklin, Matt Campbell, 
Dave Aranda have all been mentioned. Uh, it's just been pretty much everyone's name possible is getting thrown out there. And basically everyone has either denied or done the typical, like, eh, whatever, it's, I'm focused on Illinois or whatever bullcrap that coaches will do. So that's where we're at now. Michael, what is your message to the people about how to process all of these coaching Don't be members? a sucker. Don't be a sucker. Yes. Don't, don't be a vehicle for perpetuating these rumors. Uh, and I and I know that we are by mentioning them, and and I don't like that. I but I think for the sake of these things, in this instance, I, I think we sort of have to use this as an example. I, I think all the indications are that USC's search with Mike Bone and and Brandon Sosna and and, and those guys, as it's been for other searches for the assistants and whatnot over the last couple of years. Have you heard rumors before things before guys have gotten hired? Not really, no, right? Like so I I don't know that there's this situation where you're going to hear all these leaks that are going to be legitimate. And what you end up hearing are leaks that come from agents, leaks that come from people who don't know anything, leaks from that come from perspectives that are maybe warped or, um, or hopeful yeah, or hopeful. any of these things. And, and I'm not saying that necessarily misinformed. I think some people can be missing. Some people can be very in the know and still just not be on target with, with what is actually happening kind of thing. Right? Like also what a booster says can be completely different than what the administration is saying, which is what is different than what the athletic department is saying. So all I'm saying is Use some common sense. And so many of these rumors, the the ones that come out and that people react to are the crazy ones, like Jeff Fisher, like um, uh, Mike Tomlin, which is not crazy because it would be bad, but crazy because it's off the beaten tra- path, right? Well, like, that, that's like, nev- like, you're never going to leave voluntarily leave the Pittsburgh Steelers. No. I don't care if Alabama came calling. No Pittsburgh Steelers head coach would ever leave the Pittsburgh Steelers to go right. to a go coach in college. Coach, yeah. I don't care what's going on with your quarterback, any of that kind of stuff. That's not happening. But let's talk about like the Carson Palmer situation. It is a really good example of a guy who ends up on a national radio show who gets asked about the USC job and throws out the names that he's thrown out and. You know, people take that with with a certain amount of cachet because it's Carson Palmer, except that if Carson Palmer is saying who he's hearing from from USC, don't basically if the if the word is not coming straight from the mouth of Mike Bone or Brandon Sosna, don't believe that it's from anybody that has any sort of power, because I bet I bet that Carson Palmer has had conversations with people in power or in the know at USC. But those people might be boosters. Those people might be board members. Those people might be any other thing. And they might have ideas of, I'm, I no doubt somebody thought, hey, Mike Tomlin would be great, wouldn't he? That doesn't mean that USC is actually pursuing Mike Tomlin. That doesn't actually mean that, that USC is interested. There's a lot of conversation in, in media circles about how everyone thinks that James Franklin is the guy. But, like, where is that coming from? That's We've coming from that people before, who that... have assumed that James Franklin's going to yeah. leave Penn State for every job that's come up over the last 
four years. Th- that's and it's never made any sense to us the the whole James Franklin. Well, and thing I want to I want to general I want to applaud uh, Brady McCullough who has put out a couple of articles in the last week. One of them. Uh, he's actually done really good work. He he went to Ohio to talk to Luke Fickle and his family or people around Luke Fickle and his family. And he came away feeling like um, it would be hard to get Fickle out of Ohio just because of the family stuff. And he's now published an article about James Franklin and all the reasons why he's dubious about the idea of USC pursuing James Franklin, who has off the field baggage that would not that would not uh, reflect well when it comes to USC in the situation that USC is currently in um, between the Tyndale case and the varsity blues scandal. And then this most recent um, Greek uh, um, Greek row controversies uh, situation where there's been allegations of of rape and, and drugging and all sorts of things. I just don't know that that and and I I think Brady McCullough did a good job of breaking down all the reasons why it doesn't make a lot of sense to invite the baggage that James Franklin has for the coach that James Franklin is, who is undoubtedly a an upgrade on Clay Helton, but he's not head and shoulders above the other candidates that are out there to justify bringing on that baggage along with the buyout that would be necessary to get him out of Penn state. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and, and And also the, the, I, I, and that's not to say that USC isn't looking at him or that USC couldn't end up hiring him, but just because someone in the media says we, it's an open secret that James Franklin's going to end up at USC. Do, do they have a a direct line to Brandon Sosna or to Mike bone? I highly doubt it. Because what what Penn State people might say could be different than what USC people could say, or 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 vice versa. And but the, the other thing that I would add in here, um, vis a vis James Franklin, and I want to we're going to have that podcast that we keep teasing where we go through every single candidate and talk it out. But I think for me the issue with James Franklin is that we know too much. Yes, and. It is, I, I, you know, it, it sort of feels unfair. Um, I mean, aside from the whole problematic thing that I think absolutely, absolutely, SC can't afford to be tied to those sort of things, especially when we talked about it with Urban Meyer and the, and the Vanderbilt rape case, uh, is something you can't turn your head away from. It's ugly. It's ugly, and and, and, and even if it's, you it's think it's there, and I think that SC needs to be. Um, aware of it, just like they were aware of the the stuff with, with Urban Meyer, and that when you're in a situation where you're paying millions and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for sexual assault uh, misconducts on on campus, you're you're probably not the best one to turn around and and go pay millions of dollars for a head coach who's been tied to things that are not too dissimilar, right? Um, having said that. Talking strictly from a very very football perspective on James Franklin, I think that it's difficult because I think the problem is that we know too much. Because if you look at his resume on paper uh, and from the beginning, and you look at you know where he was before Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt, since, all that stuff, I think you look on paper and you're like, yeah, everything sort of makes sense. And you then you go look at someone like a Dave Aranda, and you're like, well... What is the knock on Dave Aranda? 
the knock on Dave Aranda is that he's young and he's only had two years, uh, really a year and a half of not, head coaching and, experience. And not even a year and a half because last his, year was, last a, year was a, 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 a COVID season. Uh, Alicia, he, he coaches in Texas. That was a full season. Last it, year. it was nine games, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Longer without an off season. Yeah, I just, uh, but uh, not it, much experience. It wasn't a right? conventional season. not yeah. much experience. Yeah. In general, he does not have much head coaching experience. So I think that where I think it's a little slightly unfair football-wise for, for James Franklin is that what you talk you can talk up Dave Aranda and it's based on hopes, and whereas with James Franklin, we know too much. And I think James Franklin would be an upgrade from, from Clay Helton, but what is that upgrade? Like, like that upgrade compared to what fans want? Is not there. What fans want is is the guy who's going to take SC to the playoff year in and year out. I don't know that James Franklin is that guy. I think James Franklin is someone who's probably going to win ten games every year at SC and might be the safest bet on any of anyone on the planet to do it. I think that's fair. That's that's the James Franklin thing. Safe bet. You'll win the Pac-12 once every three years. But at is least. he gonna? Is he going to win you that national title? I I do not think so. I, I I I would not bet on that. So I think again, I think with James Franklin, we know too much. I think we know too much that he wouldn't fail, and I think we know too much that he necessarily um, might not get over the hump because of the things we've seen at Penn State. Uh, and again, you know, then you can talk about the baggage stuff that could make him unhirable and probably should make him unhirable for a school like USC. So. Yeah, it's it's all convoluted. All of this is for me to say is, I know it's not fun, but I would not buy into anything you hear. And I would rather talk about candidates in the spirit of, would they be nice if, rather than, are they realistic because of this rumor I heard on this website yeah. from this guy who says that. Well, and, and and maybe that's a little annoying because we could end up being talk, talking about guys who are not realistic because maybe they there there's no you know kernel of truth that the athletic department is considering them or whatever. But I think it's a more fair way of discussing the coaches from our perspective. Then sitting here and being like, well, we've got to talk about Jeff Fisher because Jeff Fisher is uh, w- was tied to this thing when we all know that there's no way in hell SC is going to hire Jeff Fisher. No, but but that's why I think that it's really important during the weeks that this is going to continue on to take every report and the first thing you do when you see the report, ask yourself, and this can apply to not just USC coaching news, but all sports news, all news, all everything. Your first question should always be, where is that coming from and why? Like if there is news out there that Jeff Fisher is being linked to the USC job, look at it and think to yourself, who benefits from this link coming up? Does USC benefit from it or does the coach benefit from it? Um, the James Franklin connections, every time he gets mentioned as he's definitely the top candidate for USC and LSU, does who does that benefit? Does that benefit USC or LSU to have that information out there that that's, who the, that's the guy they want? No, it benefits the coach. It benefits his agent. It benefits 
a thousand other parties. Realistically, the less information that USC directly is sourced to, that like, if I'm USC and I'm trying to make a hire, I don't want any of my preferences getting out. I don't want any news of who I want out there. So basically what I'm saying is, I don't think Mike Bone is talking to people. So if you see a report about a coaching candidate, then chances are it's coming from someone outside of the inner circle at USC that's actually making that decision. And at that point, you look at it critically and you ask yourself, who does that benefit and why is it out there? And should I should I put any stake in this information? Frankly, unless it's Bruce Feldman reporting that USC is hiring the person that they end up hiring, like I would completely disregard it. Not disregard it because there are hints and clues and it, you can get a sense of the landscape of the coaching landscape and all that, but just don't put stock in things. Like don't buy into any of these reports because the vast majority of them are coming from a source that is not from within USC. Yeah. Um, or, or that has or the ability speculative. To, to, to make the hire. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think this this is all. I I know it's unsatisfying because we we want to know who the next guy is going to be and how realistic are those things. I I just think that that from our perspective, I think it's easier to talk about Dave Aranda as if he is a candidate rather than waiting for there to be a rumor to be a for sure thing. And I get that. You know, like uh, you look at uh, Eric Bieniemy, right? And mm-hmm. I think we can talk about Eric Bieniemy, um, but we can also talk about it in the context of, well, he was one of the guys that Mike Bone fired at Colorado, so maybe not. But like to me, that I'd rather talk about speculate about the maybe not for that reason, rather than the maybe not because so and so said this about that on a message board kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't so, know. Anyways, um, that, that's our little spiel. Anyways, that's the, that's the spiel on the coaching coaches. thing. Just you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it's not. And if it if, yeah. if it's if it sounds like Jeff Fisher, it's not. Um, all right, so let's move on to over unders. Let's, uh, let's as our way of previewing the Arizona, the, the Arizona game. game. Yes, which is on so Saturday, we're, tomorrow. we are going to get a look at what we're expecting from USC Arizona on Saturday by playing our over under yeah. game. Zero and seven Arizona and three and four USC. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah. Yikes. Okay. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. Right. Do you want to start or do I want to start? I don't know. How do you want to do this? All right. I'll start. Whatever. We're going to go big picture with the start. Okay. Here is the only stat you need to know about uh arizona and clemson in an incredible turn clemson clemson there are only two schools in fbs who have yet to score 20 points in a game against an fbs and against an fbs opponent in a game this season those two are the aforementioned arizona and clemson which we could have a whole conversation about how Tony Elliott has taken him his name out of the running and Clemson how, is mind-bogglingly How did what Clemson of all schools get the offensive yips? It, like you look back at it, you know, 15 years ago when SC had the streak, the 20-point streak, 
63 straight games in NCAA record in which they scored 20 points. And yet here we are, and Clemson and uh, and and Arizona have gone like six games each this year without doing it. Which it, Arizona is not so much a surprise because Arizona is 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 that bad at this. The rebuilding year, Jeff they're, Fish, they're new utterly is, rebuilding. The new head yeah. coach. Yeah. And to be fair to Arizona, I've now watched a couple of their games. They're not good at football. But I will give them a, a, a fair shake here. It's not a lack they, of trying. They try. Like they're. It's not that they're not playing. The the thing that's frustrating about USC is you look at it and you say like, are you guys even like here for this? Right. Well, it's, Where, it's like we talked about before. They they seem like early, early era Mike Montgomery, Mike Mont, Mike McIntyre Montgomery. Yeah, Mike McIntyre Colorado. Yeah, Mac- where Mike McIntyre Colorado. They're they're trying. They gave Washington a, a, a game, and Washington's been a dumpster fire this year too. But Arizona has had uh, is 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 uh, yet to get a win. But it is not for lack of trying. So USC does need to be careful here because. Arizona is not going to roll over and die well, I, without I think, prompting. I think on one hand you can say, "Oh, well, they can't afford to lose to Arizona," and it like literally doesn't uh, matter. They, well, that's that's the irony here. Yeah. Is, well, they could because this season. Let's let's be completely honest. At this point, has been a lost season for SC. Uh, at Just show the, at the same point. If SC wants to make a bowl game, they have, they to, have win to win game. this game. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to win this game. And if you do, you go four and four uh, through eight games, and you have four games left, and you have to win two of those four, and those last four are ASU, UCLA, Cal, and BYU. I, I think you can talk yourself into potentially winning two of those mm-hmm. of those four. If you lose this game, you have to win three of those four, and that's not. And there's no chance that you're winning three of those four. No. Uh, but uh, but the good news is that you really only need to score twenty points realistically. True. Uh, SC is good uh, at scoring twenty points, not thirty or forty. S yes yes. So my over under relative to that whole discussion is nineteen point five points, and that is for Arizona to score. Will they finally break through and get that twenty point game out of the way? Win or lose. That 20-point game. The problem here is that USC's defense outside of that first game against San Jose State has looked utterly vulnerable to every attack that they face. Especially at home. Three straight games allowing 40 points. Yes. Now, Arizona is the worst offense they'll have faced since San Jose State. So maybe that's a a good sign. But still, if Arizona was going to break through and get that 20-point game... It feels like they got a 50-50 shot here in this game. Yeah, I, I think they do. I, I think for me, though, I I have to take the under here. Um, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think the ball's going to have the air taken out of it. Um, one of my over... I'll make this my next over-under, so it'll lead into that talking point. But Arizona's a team that doesn't play games where there's it's this high-tempo... A lot of drives going back and forth kind of game. And I think because of that, you're going to end up in a situation where it's going to be inherently low scoring, um, which makes Arizona a team that's not Big 12 bad, right? Like they're they're not going to be like the uh, Sunny Dykes 
uh, Cal teams that were bad but still going to score 30 points uh, and allow you to score 50. Like, this isn't... They're not that kind of a of a bad team. So I think in, instead they're a bad team that's going to, you know, make you slog through it, but you're still going to have to slog through it and then hopefully be able to outscore them, which every team has done thus far. Uh, but, uh, yeah, give me the under. So under 19 or... Nineteen and a half, you said? Nineteen and a half. Yeah, give me the under on that. Yeah. All right. So you take the under, I get the over. Okay. Perfect. Uh my my first over under is five point seven five yards per carry for USC. Uh Arizona and this is strictly based on Arizona's defense. Arizona's defense is averaging five point seven five uh, sorry, five point seven four. Uh which is uh tenth in the pack twelve. Not good, right? Like Mm-mm. 10th in the Pac-12. However, in yards per game, Arizona is third in total defense. Uh, averaging 357.6 yards per game. Which, this is why, folks, do not put credit in total yardage stats. Yeah. Because they, can... they will lie to your face. Arizona, like the difference between being the third best defense in the in in the the conference versus the the tenth on a per game versus per play basis is insane, insane. But that tells you that they play games in which there's not a lot of plays in it, so they're going to give up a lot of yards per play. There's just not going to be that many plays in the game, which leaves the totals low. Uh, but this is a per play uh, over under. So will USC eclipse five point seven five yards per play against Arizona? Hmm, 5.57 yards per play. 5.75 yards per play. I'm going to go over because USC is all about those empty calories. And uh, I, I do think they will be able to move the ball against Arizona. If USC gets into trouble here, it'll be because the red zone issues pop up. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I take the over on that one. And my next over under is 0. Five or not point five, is if, uh, if you're European, British, yeah. British uh, turnovers for USC. So Arizona has failed to get a takeaway in five out of their seven games. They've been put up a, a, a nothing burger on the takeaways. USC has yet to have a game without a turnover yet, though. So USC turns the ball over, and Arizona doesn't get takeaways <laughs> something's got to give in this game which way is it going is usc finally going to get that to elusive zero turnover game um, or will zona add their third turnover game i'll take the over which says that sc will turn it over or turn right? the ball over yeah okay. just based on the the odds there i think you're you're bound to have a fumble or an interception or a tipped interception or something mm-hmm. um so I, I think that that's not a unsafe um pick However, like, you know, I, I think Keaton Slovis has been much better with the ball, or at least last week versus mm-hmm. the, the previous weeks. So maybe he, he'll, he'll be a little bit better against Arizona um, if he is the quarterback yeah. uh, versus Jackson Dart. Um, dun, dun, dun. We'll see how that progresses. But, um, yeah, give me, give me the over. I see I'll turn it over. All right. You take the over. I get the under. But you are you you are taking the over. I get the under. Yeah. What's your next one? All right. Four and a half. Gary Bryant catches. Why? Because 
the last four games, he has yo-yoed. He had uh, five uh, against, um, what, what was it? Uh, five against Oregon State, two against Colorado, five against Utah, uh, and then two against Notre Dame. Uh, it's gone five and two, alternating back and forth. Now it is the um, Arizona game. He's on pace to get that five again, but will he? Four and a half. Gary Bryant catches. Hmm. So I think that Arizona won't be able to stop Drake London. I think they will try, but I think they will be unable because no one can stop Drake London. Four and a half is a lot. I think I'm going to go under. Okay. Because I think there's a good chance he could have a good game and it's four catches. Okay, I can see. I just like the I like the 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 bet that he would go four or three, then five or six. Sure, I I I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that's a good line though. Like that's a, it could be real tight there. I I I I like your underplay too because I think SC is been you know they could. It, it, this this is a weird sentence to say. So hear me out. Outside of Drake London, they've distributed it pretty evenly. Now, I'm not saying that they've distributed evenly when you include Drake London. I'm saying if you take Drake London out, it's not like there's one guy who gets decidedly the second most. No, we're seeing the third most. We're seeing a lot. We're seeing as much from Taj Washington and Malcolm Epps as Gary Bryant at this point. Yeah, it's a. It's they're just as likely to have five catches. It's a. It's a scatter beyond. Beyond Drake London, where you get a bunch of guys who could who could get an opportunity. Who there. I just realized already has a thousand yards this season. Pretty strong, solid. Yeah. yeah. So, Bolitnikov, go for it. All right, my next one is my last one is seventy five point five percent USC touchdown rate in the red zone. So it's the big red zone question. Um, and it's another one where USC is bad at something, but Arizona is also bad at the other thing. Yep. So Arizona has allowed touchdowns on 71.43% of red zone possessions 75%. on defense. USC has scored touchdowns on 55.17% of their red zone trips. So seventy. I'm giving USC a boost because Arizona's defense is not good. And if ever they were going to get to the end zone more often it's this time and this is touchdown rate this is not this scoring is, this rate. is touchdown rate okay give me the because if it was scoring rate here's a stat if it was a scoring rate i take the over arizona has stopped exactly one team one drive this entire season that made it into the red zone from scoring points yikes once yeah yikes and that was when you're like and that was in garbage time and they took a knee instead yeah <laughs> probably i would not be surprised <laughs> But yeah. So, no, okay, I, so you're taking what are you taking on that? I'm taking the under on the 75% touchdown okay. rate. Cuz I, I, I could see a thing where SC go only gets in the end into the red zone like two or three times and settles for a field goal or two in those two or three times and by that point it's less than 75%. And 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 that could happen even if USC scores a bunch because USC That's could score, yeah. you know, 50-yard touchdowns and they kick field goals from the 25, and yeah. that, that wouldn't count, but yeah. then score the touchdowns, the drive they get it. Yeah, anything can happen, but I, I, would, I would take the under. 
All right, you take the under, I get the over. What is your final over-under? All right, last one is three and a half snaps by Jackson Dart's offense. Oh, but Jackson Dart, does he get in there, and does he get in there for more than three and a half snaps? So earlier this week, I saw a quote from Dante Williams saying that uh, Dart looks ready to go. So... Well, that's why I did not put the, the answer at point five. Yeah. Three and a half, which means... There could be a special spe- special package for him. Um, how many snaps would a special package get him? I don't know. Um, and so you have to weigh the special package. You have to weigh the idea of what if he just replaces Keaton Slovis? What if he replaces him due to injury? Like, there's a million different opportunities here. Yeah. But three and a half is the number of or or if SC runs away with this. Uh, at that point, do you want to use him? That is, I do not think that Keaton Slovis will be benched this week. I don't think it will happen. But I am playing the odds big time here and taking that over big. That's because, as you already laid out, he could get in for garbage time. He could yes. get in because of injury. He could get in because USC is scoreless at the half and they decide to make a change. He could get in for, for a number of uh, with a with a special package. He could be the answer in the red zone. He could right. be a thousand different things. I think it's just more likely that he will see snaps than yeah. not. Even though I think, like, if I had to put my money on it, like pass fail kind of situation, I'd probably say Slovis will start and finish the game. But I just think the odds are in the favor of of the dart of the over there. So I'll take the over. The the way I'm looking at it. He has there's five games left in the season. Dart has three games of eligibility to play before burning a red shirt. But Arizona feels like the most likely to be able to get him in there. If USC is ever going to have garbage time, it's going to be in this game. Yes. If USC, it's not going to be against... I wouldn't bet on it being in any of the other games. Yeah. Yeah. So you might as well just use him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So those are over-unders. That's good. We got All we right. got through it. We yeah. informed the people about some things about Arizona. You guys can play along too. Check the show notes uh, and make your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, check us on Twitter as well, where you can you can make your pits, picks from the links. Um, Alicia, we got a couple of uh, of questions, um, so I wanted to get to to those really quick before we wrap this up. Um, one of them. Let me. Hear. Michael is currently pulling those up on his on his phone, which is why. I am not reading the questions. Here we go. So here we go. So SJ in Santa Barbara, how would you rank the Graham Harrell's offense compared to the gumbo offense of the Helton and T Martin era? This year or across the three seasons that we've experienced? I was thinking about this in the shower the other day. It's this like they're the same thing. When I remember when Cliff Kingsbury was hired. And subsequently, when when Graham Harrell took over for him, the idea that, oh my God, all of SC's passing records are about to be smashed. Here we are in year three. What records have been broken passing-wise? There are two. One of them is the yards in a passing game that got bumped from like, what was it, 494 to 515 from Matt Barkley's record to um, Keaton Slovis's record, uh, 515, 
2019 against UCLA. And the other one was pass attempts, which I believe was 55. Uh, Tom Marinovich in the 1989 game at Notre Dame, uh, which got topped two years ago by Keaton Slovis. And I want to say he had 57 against Oregon two years ago. Those are the only two records that have really been topped. And you can make a very strong argument that the only reason that those records were broken was because SC was in a situation where their top three running backs all got hurt at the same time and they had to throw the football, which coincidentally lined up with the only time that under Graham Harold, this team was consistently scoring, you know, 30, 40 points and moving the ball at will was when they went all in on the air raid. Ever since then, and even before then in that season, they were a, they, the Notre Dame game was really good. But the Notre Dame game, you know, sort of the start of the of the the injury stuff a little bit, kind of, um, in the sense that they had to throw the ball late in that game. Mm. The the point is that how, how do you put this this way that 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 we can't definitively say one is better than the other is a major indictment, and it shouldn't have taken losing three running backs to truly find your identity in the air raid and having their only success in the air raid for one month because of it. I will go on record as saying Graham Harrell's offense is worse than the gumbo from T. Martin. Okay, I will agree. And you know why it's worse? solely because he had been an offensive coordinator And before, because we know that they're capable. Because because it's a complete failure of of doing what you can do well. And I was frustrated as all hell with T. Martin and the gumbo and all that kind of stuff. But it never felt as as just futile watching that offense as this offense yeah, feels I mean, 2018 right now. Felt pretty bad. Twenty eighteen, but twenty eighteen had a true freshman quarterback who it felt like he was just sure pushing too hard, and it was frustrating. But the the, the excuse the difference here is that the that offense looks the looked the worst under circumstances that that were contributing it contributing to it looking the worst. This year, there is no excuse. The offensive line is doing fine. They're not right. great. They're barely. I don't. Well, I'm not even going to say they're good, but they're not a dumpster fire. So they're not. The, they're not the thing that's holding USC back. The quarterback is a junior Heisman candidate coming in. Coming into the season, they have a Bolitnikoff candidate receiver. Keontae Ingram is a lovely running back. You should be doing more with the weapons you have. <coughs> <coughs> Hundred uh, percent. The rest of the questions we got are about specific coaching candidates, so I'm going to hold those off until we talk about the coaching candidates a little bit further. Uh, also, we got an email from Andrew um, asking to hear the old uh, theme from Renatory Radio, so we're going to add that in the interim in the ex- uh The extra? Extra? What's it called? Outro. The outro. outro. Yeah. The outro. Yeah, the extra. The extra. Yeah, which you yeah. probably listened to already right now. Yeah. So. Enjoy our old music. Yep. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. As always, sorry we're a bit late and a dollar short on this episode. I'm telling you, I'm frustrated as you guys are. <laughs> if anyone has any, like, pro tips for dealing with a... Chugging pers- honey is not a, work. With a persistent cough that uh, I think is 
allergy related. He rejects that it is allergy related. Allergies are bullshit. For, I have no ex- explanation. We've for this. we've tried. He's tried the honey. We have an inhaler that he has tried that kind of helps, but not. It doesn't help enough. It's just frustrating because I haven't coughed all day, and then yeah. we record this, and we had to stop like eight times for cough. But. All right, that's going to do it, though. Yeah. All, All right, right. You thanks, guys. guys and oh, we'll... game prediction, sorry. Um, oh. Uh, SC, uh, SC, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say SC loses because I haven't predicted predict That would be fun. Yet. SC loses 17-16. Uh, I'm going to say USC wins 30, an ugly 31-22. to 22. Ooh, they're fully taking that over for I am. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. All right, right, guys. Catch you later. See you. See you. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.